On today's episode of the Wave Podcast, the Orioles Week in Review. We're a little bit over a month into the season, so some of these guys on the Orioles are showing us who they're going to be this season. We're finally starting to realize what we're going to get out of some of these guys this year. So we're talking deep about the Orioles this week. We're talking about the last couple series. We're talking about look ahead, some of the guys that we need to show love to, some of the guys that maybe we think need to pick it up coming down the stretch here. We're talking all of it on the Orioles this week. We're also talking a little bit minor league baseball. Uh, I went to the Ironbirds game last night and saw Jackson Holiday make his home debut for the Ironbirds, and the kid's a fucking star. He's going to be a stud. Can't wait for him to get up into the bigs. We're also breaking down Lamar's post-contract press conference from last week. We're breaking down some of the stuff that he said, some of the stuff that some of the other coaches said. We're breaking down who we think might have been contacting him as far as other teams in the league goes, and overall, how happy he looks to finally have this all behind him. And lastly, we wrap up as we've been doing for the last couple weeks. Scott gives us a check on the NHL playoffs, who he thinks is going to finally make it into the NHL Stanley Cup final and who he sees lifting the cup. And also a little bonus piece for you, some NHL futures. We get into a little bit of uh, NHL future betting as far as the remaining teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs. All that more. Here we go. Episode 53. Welcome back to the Wave Podcast. Today is Thursday, May 11th, 2023. <laughs> and honestly, Scott, I, I realized this after we finished the episode last week that we didn't start at the top. Um, so I'm just going to wish everybody a belated May the 4th be with you all. Oh, wow, dude. We stink. I can't believe I, I like I honestly after we finished and I listened back to it the next day when it came out, I was yeah. really disappointed that, that I didn't even ca- I didn't even catch that. Like I wasn't Dude, even thinking that. Me too. Me too. I completely Dude. missed it. So hand up. I will be better. No tap apology coming soon. There we go. Um, but yeah, I'll be better in the future. Anyway, yeah. Scott, how you doing? I'm good, brother. You know, those are playing. I guess they can compete against a good team. This is what a lot of people like to be saying. Um. They've been playing good baseball. So I, lo- I love watching good playoff baseball, not playoff baseball, regular season, good baseball. Well, I mean, the way that they're looking right and, now. And it has been against playoff caliber teams. So I was, was going to say the last couple mm-hmm. series, we've hung tight with the two best teams in baseball. So, yeah. Yeah. But other than that, dude, playoff hockey has been fun. Finished uh, Jedi Survivor. Is that what the one this one's called? Yeah. yeah. And um, remarkable over the weekend. With, without, without giving any spoilers, how did it end? phenomenally i, I was wait. mad that it ended it was the same way i felt after uh ghost of tsushima where i was just like sad it was ending because i don't like i play what i play and once i get the campaign done i ain't going back and playing like the side missions i ain't doing oh that. see i i am the opposite once i finish i'm getting as close to 100 completion as possible. yeah i try to get as close as i can while i'm doing the campaign so i normally mm-hmm. games take me a little bit but i was so intrigued in this star wars story that i had to like kind of buzz through it which i maybe wish i hadn't but it's it was great but yeah man i'm doing good no, no. good yeah i uh when you texted me and told me you finished it i like wanted to 
I wanted to like look and see where I was compared to like the end of the story, but I also don't want to know. Yeah, I, I for an unfortunate reason, I knew I was close-ish because okay. like I saw a picture on Twitter. Someone was like, "This third act of the game." I was like, "Ah," so it kind of sucked, but um, it ends great. It's a great game. Cool. Yeah, I'm super, super pumped. I, I've only put in like a collective like three hours or so if i were to guess oh yeah you still so, got a while i think i got some time but yeah. I, I i love the story i mean i tell you guys all the time the high republic like the yeah, old republic into awesome. the high republic is like my favorite era of star wars shit so this yeah. is like right up my alley and yeah i'm really enjoying it i i was talking to my brother the customization i i, I love that like that's this game franchise's thing like you get to customize every part about your lightsaber, yeah. you know, the outfits, the cosmetics, all that stuff. But I feel as though it's almost too much at times, especially I with thought, this new game. I like thought, it's almost overwhelming how much yes. uh, customization shit there is. Well, then it also makes you like almost slightly obsessed to go get all the crates and whatnot that you're just like, you're trying to find all these different things so you can wear them. And it's like for like, literally they hold zero value. Just play the game. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, and I also kind of don't love that, like, he looks different to everyone. Like, to me, it's like, Cal Kestis should look like Cal Kestis. Yeah, that's so it's just, But, you know, I, I agree. It is a little... I was thinking that the other day. I was like, I kind of wish they maybe pulled this down a hair. Yeah. I do love, however, one of the new things that they added this game. I love, like, the different lightsaber stances that you could play with. Mm-hmm. Love that. I think that was a great addition. Because that's, like, a very sort of, like... That's that's so accurate to what the world of Star Wars and is. Especially like every- the stances and what they allow you to do and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just I like when I when I first came across like the first time you could change your stance in the game, I was like, oh, shit, this is awesome. Yeah. Just, yeah. I thought that was really cool. But the whole crates thing and the different cosmetics and all the different collectibles and stuff, you're absolutely right. Like it holds yeah, zero. Zero. Uh, like I, actual I don't game care game. about my lightsaber. I, I don't see it. <laughs> right. Exactly. All I care about is the color. And I kept that the entire time. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, man, last the this past week's been pretty good. Uh, you and I got out to the course on Friday, and at points I was playing some of the best golf I've ever played in my life. You were playing the first eight holes, were playing a golf that I was like, I was like, look at him. He's like, he's a, he's a golfer. And then like, not to say your last, you know, eleven holes were that bad. It was just no. It wasn't, the, the, from from nine from nine to thirteen, I played like fucking dog shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you didn't play great, but like I still say this though, like a forty-one on the front is phenomenal. So good job yeah. by you. Yeah. Good job by you. Thanks. Yeah, I'm proud of you, dude. You've you've worked hard to get that swing intact, and it's consistent. I was watching that little Instagram video of yours. It was consistent swing. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome, man. I uh, I was going to text you earlier and see if you wanted to get back out this Friday, but you're going to the Orioles game. I am. So I'm actually playing tomorrow. Oh, are you? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to try and get out Friday afternoon. Maybe yeah. play, play by myself. It's, it's so nice. I love playing golf. Yeah. And I'm at the point now where like the weather is starting to get a little bit nicer. So like, I want to maximize the, the weather. Of time. I want to yeah, absolutely. So I might just, you know, say fuck it and go tee off at like five o'clock play by myself. Yeah. Let's see where we get. But yeah, I'm at, I'm at the point. dude. Oh, it absolutely is therapeutic. But I'm at the point now, like outside of the weather just being nice. Like I want to get to the point where I'm like consistently playing. I'm consistently like trying to figure some shit out with my swing. So that way, like as we get into June and July, I'm like peaking. Dude's hitting high 70s. Mm, I don't think I'll ever get there, but. Yes, you will. 
there's a there's a big difference between shooting an 84 and a 79. Well, yeah, you could get there. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know if I'm that guy. I would like to be. I'd like to think I am. I just don't know if I am. I think you are. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, I got uh, I just today kind of like on a whim, on an impulse. I got tickets to uh, Ultra Music Festival next year. Nice. I'm super pumped about that. That is pretty cool. Yeah. It's like it's been a bucket list thing for me, like literally since I was in high school. Yeah, that's cool. And I got an email yesterday that like their second wave of tickets for next year's festival released. Yeah. And uh, I'm for whatever I was like running around doing shit yesterday after work. So like I didn't like actually have time to like sit down and look at it. But I told myself I was like, I'm going to when I get home from work today, like I'm going to sit down. And if there are still tickets available, I'm, I'm getting them and I'm going to go. And sure enough, they were. So there you go. Yeah, I'm going to Ultra next year. Super pumped. That's awesome. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, Scoot, that really encapsulates the last week. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we go ahead and get into the meat no, of, this, no, the, of the episode? All right. Fucking A. Episode 53. Let's go on and get into it. Um, so, Scott, last week, obviously, the, the the big story was Lamar's contract, right? Like, that was, that was the headliner, not just yep. on our show. Fucking every media outlet that had something to say about anything last week was talking about Lamar. And rightfully so. It was... Long time coming. I mean, you and I had our reactions. So we, I feel like we gave that a lot of, a lot of equity last, last week. Uh, but this week I wanted to talk We've about given this. the Lamar contract, a lot of equity the last two years, my guy. That's a very good point. Um, and I'm sure we will continue to do so because now we can confidently say he is our quarterback for the next, for at least the next five years, if not longer. So yeah, Lamar for the foreseeable future will be always, at least personally at the forefront of my mind. Um, but at least for this week, Scott, I wanted to I wanted to focus on baseball just because, I mean, we're we're over a month in. We're six weeks into the season. Yeah, you're starting to see who's the real teams here. And we're starting to see guys kind of establish what kind of seasons they're going to have. And yeah. obviously baseball, 162-game season, things can change over the course of the next month or two. Um, but like I said to you kind of before we jumped on here, we're able to like start forming opinions now. So I felt that would that would be the best place for us to start is with the Orioles and kind of reviewing what we've seen lately and I guess macro level over the last six weeks. Um, so let's just take a look at the last week uh, that since since we were last recorded. Um, so since last week when we when we spoke about them, we've had six games. We took two out of three from Kansas City um, and we took one out of three from Atlanta. And we are currently split 1-1 with Tampa. We're in a rubber match. Um, before we kind of go into the, the nuts and bolts about it, do you have anything that, like, you've taken away from the last two or three series or anything that, like, is kind of leading you to think one way or another really about anything with this Orioles team? I kind of feel like I can let you know that in about two hours. Um, I don't know. I, I, was, I was frustrated with the Atlanta series because – they actually could have swept that series, and that is such a statement. But instead, they took one of three, mm-hmm. and it just changes everything. Like, um, not fully confident in the roster that's put together right now, if I'm completely honest. I think they're good. I think they're a good baseball team. I don't think they're great. I don't think their pitching's good enough. I don't think – yeah, and, like, and even people that are like, well, Batista and Tater coming back, like, yeah, that's going to be helpful. But, like – I'm watching Gibbons. Dean Kramer right now, and he's just not. Gibbons not, and Tate. What did I say? You said Batista. 
Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think they need a pitcher or two, even maybe in the like bullpen too. Like, and I don't know if that's a John Means or a DL Hall later in the season. I don't. I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that like it's pretty clear that they're not quite there. Um, but I can. That, I think that also does change tonight if they beat Tampa. Because then I'm like, oh shit. Okay, maybe maybe that was just a weird series in Atlanta. And like I said, they should have swept them. And if you take two or three here with a sweep, I mean that's insane. So um, I, I'm still not fully bought one way or another yet yeah i'm kind of with you and i'm glad you brought up the atlanta series because that was the that was the first thing that i wanted to talk about obviously i mean kansas city is kansas city i don't really think anybody's taking them seriously and i mean they have good players like like salvador perez he's fucking 50 years old and he is still hitting the ball as far as anybody in the mlb so yeah i mean props to him uh and and bobby witt jr is a guy who i'm a huge fan of he is a fucking animal and i think he is going to be i don't know what their future plans for him as far as if he's going to be their third baseman or if at some point he's going to transition shortstop for them. I would imagine he'll be a shortstop. That's what I think too, or at least it's selfishly as a fan. I hope he transitions to shortstop because he's far too athletic. I think he is a shortstop right now. I think he played third base in at least one of the games against us. So he's not not fully there yet, but he might pop pop back and forth. He is he if he if he stays at third base, I honestly think his ceiling is like Manny Machado. Like I I think he could logistically be the best third baseman in, in all of baseball. But uh-huh. that's not to say I don't think he could be the best shortstop in baseball either. Like, I think – I think that's such a deep position, though. Yeah, exactly. But, like I said, selfishly, I want to see him at shortstop because I think he's got it in him. And he's just – like, I, I wanted to watch that KC series mainly because I wanted to watch Bobby Witt play. Yeah, because, same. like, coming out – he was in Adley's class – and I remember talking to my little brother during, before that draft. I was like, the only acceptable draft pick other than Adley Rutschman in this draft is Bobby Witt Jr. Just because of how much of a dog he's going to be when he gets to the bigs. I'm very glad we ended up taking Adley. I, I wouldn't regret that for a second. I'm just saying, I think Bobby Witt is going to be a phenomenal player. Um, but back to my point, nobody's really taking Kansas City seriously. I don't know what their record is. I know they're not very good. And they've um, lost the most games, like – in the first 20 games at home in like baseball history. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of hilarious. Yeah. They suck. Um, so taking two out of three from them, that's what you should do. Realistically, you probably should have swept the series. Um, but yes. Never going to be upset with winning a series two to three games. The Atlanta series though, kind of what you said a couple weeks ago, like that is the first series where the Orioles are starting to see like real competition, uh-huh. like actual, obviously, you know, we played the Yankees, we played the Red Sox, but that brave series was really like turning the page on a very weak month in terms of competition in April. Now we're starting to see playoff and or playoff caliber teams. And especially because they faced shitty opponents leading up to it. So you're kind of like Atlanta's like, I think think Atlanta's, I personally think is the best team in baseball. I, I absolutely agree. And to, to kind of put the cherry on top, you see probably their three best pitchers, right? You see Max, Max, you saw them at their max value. Yeah. And elder, right? So you're, so you're not only are you seeing the best lineup in baseball, probably you're seeing the best pit, pit, three best pitchers on the best team in baseball. So you're getting the best of the best. And like you said, probably should have swept the series. You yeah. take it, you take game one, which nobody expected you to do against Max Freed. And then game two, you have the lead against Spencer Schreider all the way until what the bottom of the eighth, we lost the lead, right? Yeah. Bottom of the eighth. Um, and that was really when I started like question some stuff and, and, Scott, you know me. For the last couple of years, I've been a big believer in Brandon Hyde, and I'm not ready to say I'm not believing in him yet. I still think he's a good manager, and I think 
it's May, right? It's early in the season and I don't want to get ahead of my boots so far. Um, but I will say the, the way that he managed those last two games in, in so bizarre Atlanta raised my eyebrows a bit, you know, like the decision to go to, uh, Coulomb or whatever, however the fuck you mm-hmm. say his name. I think you said that precisely correct. Oh, thanks. The decision to go to him in the eighth in that second game and not Yenier Cano, like what? Why? It made no like, sense. It made no sense. You have a one-run lead going into the eighth inning against the Braves. You could you could win the series. And instead of going to, to the best reliever in baseball, you go to fucking Coulomb. I don't even know what his first name is. So that that was just bizarre to me. They ended up losing the series because Coulomb gave up a, a two-run shot or whatever. And then the next day, you have the lead. You blow the lead. You go into extras, and then you ended up losing in extras again because I, in my opinion, Brandon Hyde mismanaged the bullpen. I completely uh, agree, yeah. So it's just – the offense wasn't great in that series. Like, we didn't we – You weren't going to. Yeah, that offense, yeah. yeah. But it, it, you're exactly right. And then, you know, like I said, you're, you're seeing the three best pitchers on the best team in baseball. So getting three or four runs per game, that's really about what you should expect. And I, the, the way that our starters played in that series, it was good enough to win you the game. And we just didn't, we, we didn't, we didn't bring it home. So yeah, yeah I, I thought the decision to go to Coulomb in the first game or the second game was bizarre. And then the decision to not let Cano go back out to start the ninth that was, inning. That was my thing. That made no sense. And, and my, my reasoning, I think I was talking to you guys in the group chat about it. So I forget the situation. It was tie ball game. Or one. we were up one. In what game? In the, the, the third game against Atlanta. They was tied. We never had the lead. We never had the lead. Are you sure? Um, Well, other than the no. 10. Sorry, sorry. I was going to yes. So it was the 10th inning, right? 10th yes. inning. We were up by one because the, the runner that started out on second, we scored him. So at that point, Yenier Cano had already pitched two innings. My thought process was you send, you send Cano back out there to start his third inning of work, which I guess would have been the bottom of the 10th inning. Mm-hmm. because you only have a one run lead. If he gives up a run or even if he gets a base runner on, then you can go to the bullpen if you want. Right. Yeah. That way you save Batista for later on. If you end up getting the lead back. Right. And Cano had only gone through twice and he'd seen like six or seven batters. So he hadn't even gotten yeah. back around to the, to the start of the lineup. Yeah. So my thing was like, look in the top of the 10th, we had a, we had an insurance run on that. If he would have scored, would have given us a two run lead. So my thing was like, look, if that guy scores, then you bring in Batista, right? You got a two-run lead. You have you have a little bit of leeway to work with. Then you bring in Batista, let Batista close it out. But by not by not letting Cano go back out there to start with that one-run lead instead of two-run lead, right. then immediately you, you have a guy on second. He ends up scoring. Batista, I think, technically gets a blown save, which is kind of bullshit. But I, I guess, yeah. you know, letter of the law, blown save. And then obviously you go on to lose the game. So I just, I, I understand it's a long season and I understand Hyde and the Orioles are very, you know, analytical. We want to save our guys, keep them fresh off days when they need him, blah, 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 blah. I get all that. But to your point that you've been making literally since the beginning of the season, if you have a chance not only to win games, but to win series, regardless of when Take. in the calendar you are, you got to, you got to capitalize. So I think that's my biggest thing with the Atlanta series is you had a chance Forget the sweep. You had a chance to just win, win the series, series flat out. Yes. yes. And you and you blew it. So and I think especially too, because they got a little lucky on Friday. Well, no, actually, sorry. No, they didn't. They beat the snot out of them Friday night. So what series am I thinking of? I may be thinking of um Kansas City. Um 
but like it just was weird because it's like i do understand that it's may and you never know so you should maybe be a little more cautious um but it's like you said it's the braves go get them like i don't know like in my opinion go 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 show everyone that you can hang yeah exactly and I mean, I think they still did that. I think they still proved to the masses that they're they're capable of hanging with anybody in the major leagues. But, you know, in, in June or July, when you look back and say, hey, the, the first real, you know, team that we saw in the season, we we took the series or we swept them. You know, if you mm-hmm. if you have that conversation versus, you know, we were right there, but we only took one out of three, then I, it's a little bit of a different conversation. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then I haven't. I admittedly, I haven't watched much of this race series. I know we dropped the first game um, yesterday. I was at the Ironbirds game, which I want to talk about with you in a little bit. But um, last night, the second game of the series, I heard Grayson looked really not his best outing, but I heard his his stuff was better. Uh, he, he live arm. He's I thought I thought like the start last settling. night for Grayson. I thought the start last night for Grayson was his best stuff. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. OK, so, yeah, mm-hmm. what? what I know he got into got into a little bit of a jam to start, gave up a run in the first, which seems to be just his mo. Mm-hmm. And then I heard he got into another jam in the fifth, but he got a big strikeout to get out of it, and that was about all that. That's I when he got all fired up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He just had a his his command was so good. He was he was attacking lower in the zone, which was nice. Um, once it's when he starts getting elevated, it's when he gets in a little bit of trouble. Same with Batista. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that that could really go for any pitcher, but you're right. And one thing that I forget who I was talking to, I was talking to one of my buddies about the game uh, earlier today. One thing that they're 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 saying about Grayson, especially that was highlighted last night, um, he's going to the fastball more, which I've been saying since his first start in Camden Yards, he needs to do more of. It feels like he wants to use that slider as his out pitch. When I mean he throws 98 all you got to just fucking put it on the hands and blow up by guys you know what i mean and when i when i went to his uh when i went to his home opener with georgie one thing that i noticed from our fucking our center field seats was he wasn't using the fastball enough and even in counts where he was behind you know when he was you know 2-1 3-1 he wanted to go to that slider or even his changeup and i was i was saying to george like Dude, he needs to pound that fastball. Like he can throw it 97, 98 by guys. He just needs to hit that fastball. And he sounds like he did a lot of that last night. No, he yeah, he would just looked really he looked also like it was a weird thing. He looked much more just like Grayson, you can tell the dude jacked up. And it seemed like after he got out of like the second inning with no harm, it just looked like he was he was pulled down a little bit, which is good. I mean, you want a guy that gets fired up, but he was he he just gets out of control, I think. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love how fiery he is and I think you you need a you need at least one one guy like that in your pitching rotation. I mean, mm-hmm. pitchers are pitchers are are psychos to begin with, but mm-hmm. I think I think Grayson has that perfect uh, combination of ability on the mound, stuff, and he's got the attitude to back it up. Which yeah, I don't know if I, I might I might be overstepping my boundaries here, but I don't know if the Orioles have ever had somebody like that. Not, not at least lifetime. not I was gonna say at least not in my lifetime. So I love what I'm seeing from Grayson. I really do. And again, I didn't I didn't watch last night's start. But every start I've seen him make, it feels like he gets progressively better. Like there's there's in at some, least one, in some sort of fashion, yeah. Right. Like it it seems like there's at least one thing that he takes from his previous start and gets better at in the next one. So I think to me that's the thing that I'm looking at the most with Grayson. And and honestly, like we we could be talking by the end of the year, we could be talking about this guy as a mm-hmm. as a potential ace. Yeah, I yeah, I, 
I'm really excited to see him kind of second half of the season post all-star break to really kind of jump back yeah, in and 100%. see what he can do. Um, I think it's just going to be inconsistent for the time mm-hmm. being, which sucks, but and we also have to remember, play. we also have to remember too. I think at least for me, I don't want to speak for anybody else in, in Orioles fandom, but at least for me, when it comes to Grayson Rodriguez, I feel like I have this sort of image that he should be farther ahead than he is not realizing that he's, he's still in his first major league season. Like, He's older though. Like he's an older rookie. He is. He is. And and I feel like we've been talking about him for so long uh-huh. that we kind of have him like, oh, Grayson Rodriguez. Yeah, he's been around, but he really hasn't. He made his what fifth MLB start last night yeah. or whatever uh-huh. it was. So I uh, I I like I said, I'm not even slightly worried about him. I think he's going to be a stud, if not at the end of this year, next year, and years to come. Um. But yeah, I, I think we also have to just keep in the back of our minds that <laughs> this is a guy making his fifth, or, fifth and sixth, and so on. Yeah. Um, some other guys I wanted to show some love to Scott. Um, one guy who I know you and I have talked very highly of him on this program and off. Um, but I feel like outside of you know the Orioles Twitter sphere, Orioles fandom, he doesn't get nearly enough love as he deserves. I think Jorge Mateo might be the best baseball player on this team. Right oh. He's so good, dude. Like, it's it's insane. And he is quietly having, like, not even an all-star season. Like, if you look at his numbers right now, you would say, oh, that guy's an MVP candidate. You know what I mean? 100%. Like, here, look at, listen to his stats, right? So here's his slash line. He's hitting 293. He has a 339 on-base percentage. He has a 535 slugging percentage. And he has an 874 OPS. Mm. To go on top of that he has six home runs which is second on the team yeah holy 20, 20 rbi which i think might be leading the orioles and he has 12 stolen bases which is leading the orioles and i think he's like tied for first or second in in the mm. major leagues like it's he's hitting the ball out of the park he's driving in runs yep and he's stealing bases and he's our fucking leading hitter like he's, yeah if if you put that same exact stat line on adley rutschman or Aaron Judge, or Mike Trout, or Gunner, Gunner. We're talking about MVP season, mm-hmm. and I I don't know if it's just because it's Jorge Mateo and he's relatively lesser known than some of these other guys. It is, yeah, it is. But and again, I I know it's a long season. It's May tenth. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get a, a, over top my skis here, but Jorge Mateo has had an MVP six weeks to yeah. start. This I mean, if, if we were looking at it at that view, he's been so good. You look at like a lot of like. like I see him hitting like tons of clutch home runs so far. It feels like this, this year. Yeah. Um, just timely bombs. Um, he's been awesome. Thank God, because like our infield production has been kind of close next to nothing other than Mountie, but he's hot and cold. So he's just, Mateo's just been stepping up. He's so good defensively runs the bases so well. He plays, he does everything you want. He's awesome. He's, he is, he is literally every tool that you could possibly want in a shortstop. And yeah, you're absolutely right about the whole infield production thing. Like Ramon Urias, as far as offense, really hasn't given. But he's him out much. now. He's out. He's, he's on a ten day with what, like a strained hammy or something. Um, and then who? Uh, Gunner has sputtered to start the season. Um, Adam Frazier, I feel like has been a a, a pretty decent addition to the lineup. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's yeah. he's. Uh, I mean, he's surprised me at least. I wasn't expecting nearly. What I was we're... expecting nothing from him. Yeah, me too. Which maybe that's why we're we're looking at him being pleasantly surprised. Yeah. But I feel like he's been a good addition. Um, and then I mean, I mean, who else? Mountcastle, you said is is very streaky. Um, Santander, I know he's not an infielder, but he's kind of 
sputtered to start the season. He's gotten well, hot. Yeah, he's, recently he's gotten much hotter. But yeah, you're right. Jorge Mateo has really been like outside of Adley Rutschman and Austin Hayes, who we'll talk about in a second. Jorge Mateo has been really the the driving factor to our offense, which is oh, yeah. is crazy to think about. Yeah. Um. So obviously, I mentioned Austin Hayes. He's another guy. So he's actually. I think I said Jorge Mateo is leading our team in hitting. Technically, Austin Hayes is leading our team in hitting. He's hitting yeah. 297 coming into tonight. Okay. Which <laughs> I feel like we have to put an asterisk on because shout out to Todd. He points this out literally every game it happens. Todd hates Austin Hayes. <laughs> hates Austin Hayes. But, I mean, he's kind of right in the point that he made about whenever he's batting lead up or lead off. Whenever Hayes is in the leadoff spot, it feels like he goes over four with three strikeouts. Yeah. And then, and then you put him in the seventh slot, and he's like five for five. Yeah, he's a great baseball player. And I think Todd like thinks that he's but he's like leadoff wise, take him out of there. <laughs> Which I mean, I agree with him though. Put Mateo like, up there for that one game, I, dude. I've been saying it literally since the third week of the season. Jorge Mateo needs to be your leadoff guy. But I also see the value of him at below. Oh, I absolutely do too. But at, at the, like Cedric isn't oh. necessarily lighting the world on fire offensively. I I don't even want to acknowledge what that was. Cedric Mateo is not lighting the world on fire from at the plate. Right. So yeah. Put, put Hayes as your, as your nine hitter and let Mateo lead off. You know, I think I honestly think that's what the lineup should be. And if it wasn't for Adley, I would say Mateo at two is like a perfect place. He and Cedric Mm -hmm. to start the game off. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Seeing those two back to back, that would be a tough start for pitchers. It would be. Damn. I would love that. Uh, who else do we need to show some love to? We mentioned Adley. Obviously, everybody knows what Adley's doing. So he's he's kind of been been a little bit cold here. I think he was like he has over, been. what was he like over nineteen or something? Uh huh. He he hit a he hit a bit of a cold stretch that he snapped with that fucking monster shot that he hit last night. What was what was the measured distance on that? It was like four or something. I think it was like four fifteen, four twenty somewhere yeah, around, that, nice, around that area. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I saw they uh, they marked it on Utah Street. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was dope. Uh, so yeah, I want that Ad- job. Yeah, that would be a great job to have. Adley's hitting 273 with a 399 on base percentage and 823 OPS, which I believe is third on the team. So even with the cold streak, I mean, he's he's still got really good stats. I think he has five home runs on the year. It, it, he's another one, too, where, like, if he if he catches fire, he we're talking about him definitively in the MVP conversation. I saw a tweet today of their slashes compared to each other. And Adley's compared to Julio and um, Bobby Witt. He's tearing it up, like really? just tearing it up. Yeah, both of them are like below two ten, I think. Oh batting shit, average wise, I think maybe Julio's was two twenty. I may not, I'm not sure, but yeah, they're struggling. Sounds right. Wow, it doesn't I didn't help their teams are too though. It doesn't help that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And and speaking of the Mariners struggling, that was not something that I foresaw at I'm all. Sh- I'm not shocked. I thought they were gonna be good, but I'm not shocked. I mean, I picked them to be in the World Series. So yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, I would have been shocked either way. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, I, I really haven't watched much baseball outside of the Orioles and a couple other teams here and there. But outside of the Orioles, like I know, I know, obviously the the, the Rays are incredible and the Braves, but I don't think any other team really outside of those three have been shocking anybody you know like i i think the padres have have struggled to start the season i don't know if they've i don't know if they've put anything together i know to start the season they were like really bad yeah um i know the dodgers are are less than stellar they're not really doing much division leader but yeah uh the the entire al central just fucking sucks like (laughs) uh i saw i think it was actually your boy uh liam on twitter 
said uh, abolish the AL Central. Yeah, dude, <laughs> I was just looking. The Orioles would be leading in every division other than two. Yeah, and to take it one step further regarding the AL Central. So the Yankees coming into tonight were in last place in the AL East. Yep, they, I just saw that. They would be leading in the AL Central. They would have the division lead. I think that's more of a testament to the AL East, though. Well, I agree, but I think the Twins, when I when I saw, were ahead of the AL Central, and they're like two games above five hundred. Yeah, so the yeah the Yankees are too, and the Central, so, uh, the Twins, yeah, they're nineteen and seven, mm. seventeen. Tampa's twenty nine and eight. That's just insane. That's fucking crazy. Ooh, Athletics are eight and thirty. Are they really? We gave them one of those wins too. Stinky. I don't love that. No, I don't love that at all. <laughs> I hate that actually. Yeah, I loathe that. There are more people that show up to watch me and you play golf than there are to watch uh, Oakland Athletics. We games. had a wedding party watching us the other night. We did. I almost hit them. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, last guy I wanted to show some love to Scott was Ryan Mountcastle. You you mentioned he's very lucky, and that's and that's just the nature of the kind of player that he is, especially at the plate. But me too, dude. I love him because I was actually having this conversation with my dad last night. One of the main reasons I love watching Ryan Mountcastle play baseball is he is not afraid at all to swing at the first pitch. To take the daddy hack. Like, and and that's something that I think not even just the Orioles, Major League Baseball has lacked for the better part of the last 10 years. So many guys just step into the box down 0-1 because they don't want to swing the first pitch. And I get yep. it. It's an analytics thing. You see more pitches. Your, mm-hmm. your chance for success goes up. I get it. And I don't know about you, Scott, but growing up, I was always taught OO is a hitter's count, and OO is probably more often than not going to be the best pitch you see. Yes. And that, like, I don't think that's an exception at the major league level. A lot of no. guys in the major leagues try to get ahead at OO, and Ryan Madcastle is one of those guys that's like, fuck it. If you're going to throw a fastball in OO, I'm going to swing at it. I'm going to take a hack, <laughs> which I fucking love. I love how aggressive he is. Yeah. And, on, and I, don't, I don't mean to say that these two are in the same conversation as a baseball player by any means, but that's what Manny did. And that's part of yeah. the reason I loved watching Manny. Manny, Manny yep. was not afraid to fucking swing for the fences, whether it was OO or if it was O2. I yep. love that about Manny, and I love it about Ryan Madcastle. Uh, Matthew's leading our, leading our team in home runs. He's got eight. He's tied seventh in the AL for home runs, which is awesome. Mm. He's only hitting 258, um, but I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know what is what he was hitting at this point last season, but I feel like that's actually higher than last year. Well, and he's he, I mean, he's not exactly here to to do that. Like he's here to hit homers and he's also been super unlucky, like super unlucky. He was and, he was he was super unlucky last year, too. Like I feel he's like been he's, he's just, been just as unlucky this year. There's been a bunch of guys making crazy plays against them and mm-hmm. um He's been he's uh, something has to change because he's hitting it's not out of the ball. He's he's one of those guys where like you just you always hear people telling him like they're gonna fall they're gonna fall they're gonna yeah fall. yeah and I just I just I hope at some point it does because if he starts to get like you said if he starts to get some of those breaks I mean we're talking about him hitting 290, 300. yeah for sure so so I mean I just I'm very very pleased with what I've seen out of this team obviously guys like Gunner and um. You know, Felix Batista, we've talked about not having a, a great start to the season. And um, I'm only slightly like take him out of the closer role because of what like Cano's been doing. Um, that's fair, I think. But like, I'm not, I'm just like, it scares me a little bit just because like he was such a firecracker last season that like he's not quite as bad as CNL Perez of like 
completely ass, but it's just he hasn't been very. Cino Cino's been hot though lately. The last couple Has times he... out, yeah, he's he's right. looked a lot better. Like when he when he pitched, um, I want to say it was actually that second game in Atlanta. He pitched like uh, an inning and a third, and he was like lights out. And hmm. he he was another one who I thought Hyde had the hit, had the hook on too quickly. Um, okay. But to start the season, yeah, CNL did not look nearly as good as he did last year. Um, but yeah, I mean, that kind of, that kind of goes back to what I was saying to you before the season started. Like I felt, I felt like people were expecting a lot out of the Orioles based off of how many guys had career years last year. Yes. And that's kind of why I was a little bit, not pessimistic, but kind of wanted to temper expectations a bit. Yep. Um, and obviously this sounds ridiculous considering we're talking about the team with the second best record in the major leagues, but you know, long season. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Very long season. Um, so yeah, we 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 gave some love to a couple guys. Anthony Santander is another one who started off super super slowly, uh, but he started to put some stuff together. I think he's hit like three home runs in his last seven mm-hmm. games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Gunnar Henderson, you and I were talking about him before we jumped on. He had the triple last night uh, that he ended up. I, th- I think he drove in a run, right? That was the first run of the game that we drove in last night. No, I think that was just like a leadoff triple. I think, but maybe I don't know. Okay, no, it may have been. I know, I know, he had the triple, and then he later scored, and then shortly thereafter Adley hit the home run yeah okay yeah I think you might be right and then he went yard was that in Atlanta or was that in Kansas City that was in Kansas City so he's starting to show some signs of life which yep I forget who tweeted it uh so I apologize but somebody posted pictures of Julio Rodriguez's stat line last year at this time versus Gunnar Henderson through a month and Gunnar is like he's got a lower average I think Julio was hitting like 205 or something or 210 and Gunner's, two base hits here or there. Yeah. And Gunner's hitting like 180 something, 190 okay. something, but everything else like OPS slugging on base percentage. Gunner is significantly outperforming where Julio was last year, uh, namely on base percentage, like Gunner's well, on base obviously. percentage is through the roof yeah. because he's just drawing walks out the ass. But yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you, Scott. Like if we get towards like the 20th or so of this month and he's still not, End of this, month, this is still happening. I'm, I'm concerned. Yeah, I I have I have May thirty first circled as like when I need to take a look at Gunner's yeah, and line. like and like it, it's fine now. But once that kind of time period like area rolls is like you can't keep saying, well, he's too good to get this figured out. Like then it's time to start. But yeah, he's starting to show signs that he's he's straightened it up. I agree. I agree. Um, last thing, uh, I heard this before the game started tonight. The broadcast, uh, Ben McDonald was talking about it. Did you know the Orioles bullpen has the fourth best DRA in baseball right now? Yeah, I mean, that's, that makes some sense. Cano's been really good. Batista's been relatively good. Baker was had a hot streak. Yeah. Yeah. Yenier Cano, I, th- I mean, he has to be an all-star at this point, right? Like, Yeah, he won't be, but yeah, he should be. For sure. <laughs> I mean, he's the best receiver or best reliever in baseball. For sure. He's got he like a point, this, a point that one little, That little changeup he's got or a splitter, Dude. whatever it is that he throws, it just sinks. Dude, when you when you can when you can throw that change up eighty seven coming off like a ninety eight mile an hour two seamer or, yeah, or whatever you, you want to call that, it's unhittable. Yeah. See you later. And if Batista can get back to form, we're talking about the best eight nine in baseball. And then yeah, then you get Tate and Givens, and you got you got exactly what this team needs is a mm-hmm. six seven eight nine guy. Exactly. Um, so that was actually the next point that I wanted to bring up with you. Do we have any sort of timetable on? Dylan Tate and Michael Givens? Like, do we know anything about well, the recovery? Well, they came back from injury like three weeks ago. And they've been like, essentially they're having spring training down in the minor leagues. Um, up. And apparently they're like a week or two away. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, they're not, they're not 
too far off now. Oh, good. So we'll get them back pretty soon. Um, I think we optioned Keegan Aiken already for, for Drew Rom. Shout out to oh, Drew Rom, by the way. Um, I think I want to say we optioned Keegan Aiken. Uh, we optioned somebody else who I, I forget. Um, but yeah, the, I'm assuming as soon as they're ready to go, they'll be put back on the big league roster. And then I would imagine it'll be um, that guy we just called up, Rom, Rome, and then Voth probably will go back down. Yeah, but they've been like him. He's been pitching better too. You're probably sending down. That's I mean, it's a good issue to have. I don't know who you send down. Coulomb, maybe. I don't know if he has options left. Maybe. But... Yeah, I, I doubt. I think he's. I think he was like a late season pickup because someone designated him for an assignment. Ah, okay. I don't. I don't. I don't know who you send down. It definitely has to be Aiken. Um, Hopefully, it's fucking Ryan McKenna. Get him off my baseball team. Yeah, but you have to send out a pitcher though. Technically, don't you? No, you can send down whoever. As long as as long as everybody's on the forty man, you can. Go I think back and they forth. changed it to the, how many pitchers you can carry. I think. Oh, did they? I think they recently changed that, or it might have been always. I I don't know. You might. Be I right. know. I know. There's a number. You might be right. I'm pretty pretty positive there, but I could definitely be wrong. So with with the whole Givens and Tate thing, that that begs the question again. I'm going to keep asking it until I get an answer from somebody. What the fuck is going on with DL Hall? He had another good start last night, dude. I, I, I mean, he's a trade piece. He's a trade. They're trying to keep him as a starter in the minors to be like, no, he's a starter. He's a starter. He's a starter. And they know because if he was here, he would be here. And I think their Orioles know he's not technically like a starter. I think DL Hall is going to end up being a bullpen arm. And I think it's just technically now trying to build him up to where he can be traded as a starting pitching prospect. I mean, you're probably right. I just I would hope not because I want to see him and I want to see him have more than one start here to make that decision. But yeah, I really I really do think especially because he's a lefty, right? Like if when John Means comes back, hopefully John Means can be the John Means of old. If you get John Means back, he's your one, presumably Mm -hmm. Grayson Grayson's your two. And I mean, looking at our arms as it is right now, I think I think DL can compete for that three spot. Like I gen- I genuinely believe he is that good and has that high of a ceiling to where we're talking about a one, two, three, potentially of John means Grayson Rodriguez and DL hall. And then you back that up with Kyle Bradish. You back that up with, um, I don't know, maybe Dean Kramer, if he can put it together. He's having a like, good start tonight. He is, he is, he's looking good. And I think, I think he actually, this is what I was going to say to you. I think, I think Kramer is kind of holding that spot right now. And the minute he starts to fuck up, I think maybe it's DL, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's Cole Irvin, which I hope it's not, but I'm, I'm so worried that he's going to get that call first before DL. If, if he does, I'm going to be very pissed. Like it needs to be DL. And I understand wanting to frame him as a trade piece, be, being a starter and using that to their advantage. But going back to the point that you made, right? Like regardless of whether it's May or September, you got to win baseball games. Yeah. 100%. So I'm, so I'm at the point with DL where I'm like, look, I, I get it. He's having really good exposure as a starter in triple a, but who fucking cares? Put him yeah, in the bullpen. Get him off him too. Like if, yeah. if you go to, if you go to him uh, Saturday night in Atlanta, ex- instead of going to Coulomb, who knows, yep. maybe you win that game, you know, yep. like, so that's, that is just basically where I take all roads back to like, if you can win games now and get the guys, get your future cornerstones or get your future studs, yep. major league exposure, then who fucking cares where it's coming from. And then I'm going to go back to the idea that you and I floated out before the season. Piggyback, baby. Pair him with Grayson, right? Mm-hmm. Like put, let Grayson throw five, let DL throw three. Or let Grayson go four, DL go four, whatever the combination may be. Let yep. those two guys get you to the seventh or the eighth inning. Yep. 
I'm just I, I'm 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 not ready to say I'm disappointed. Um, but it like sucks I, though because like he's been such a big prospect that like he kind of feels like he should be here at this point. Yes, hundred um, percent. And that's why I'm saying it just feels like a trade bait piece. It's just yeah, yeah. Unfortunate. Which, I mean, they're they're gonna have to make a trade if they want to do something this year. I hope they want to do something this year. Yeah, I mean, I um, hope so. I thought they should have done something this offseason. I was actually almost certain they were going to add like a big. So I will I say, know. I will say Kyle Gibson has looked really good so far. He's been exactly what I kind of thought he would be like eat up innings. I knew his numbers would be better here. Pitching in Camden yards better than pitching where he was before. Um, I just yeah, citizens banks, not all that friendly to pitch. Not the so. most pitcher friendly ballpark. So I just I mean, really, and, really all of the NL East, but yeah, exactly. So I just, I, I, I knew, I knew it would be better. I just think they're a pitcher here, and I think they're one more bat away. So I'm, I'm hoping they can add a piece. And, if you know, part of this rebuild stuff and how Elias has built this up, which is great, is you can't keep all those guys, and you can't have – you can't have, like, a first-round pick value be a platoon guy that he's playing right versus left. So like, he's got to be a starter or you get something for him. And Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And I'm kind of with you, like as much as I would love to see DL Hall on this team right now, if you're not going to bring him up and you have no plans to bring him up, trade yeah. him. Like there's I, there's no point in waiting around and saying, oh, you know, let's wait and see what we have. Make a move, right? Like this team, we have the second best record in baseball. We're 10 games above 500 or whatever it is. Go, go, in the, go out and make a move now, whether it's for a bat, whether it's for an arm, do something. Right. Yeah. And, and I forget who I was listening to, but I was here, I was listening to a couple of guys talk about the, the, the farm system and the prospects and Jordan Westberg is tearing up double a or triple a or wherever he is. Colton Kowser looks really good. Heston looks really good. Like all these guys who we've been hearing about for seemingly, you know, five years at this point, all of them look really good, but there's no traction. There's no movement on any of them. We don't know any, we don't know where anybody's going or what anybody's doing or what the plans for any of them are. So that begs the question, like, are are they really as good that's being advertised or are the, or the Orioles front office, Mike Elias and, and company, are they kind of just dangling that carrot in front of us and every other team saying like, Hey, look at, look at our shiny toys that nobody's seen yet. You can come get them. Right. I or like a few of them. I think they're definitely doing that with DL. I think they're definitely doing that with Westberg. Cause he, the fact he's not on the 40 man is stupid. Yeah. I um, agree. I don't know. I don't think I don't think as many as you would probably think. I think I think there some of them are definitely in their immediate and future plans. I would hope so. And like somebody like Heston, I'm not really concerned about right now because I feel like he's probably a year out at least. Or let me rephrase. Next year, I think is the year that I would have circled personally for Heston Kerstad to come up. You're um, probably right, but I he was drafted a the draft after Adley, dude. He's and he was a college bat, so like no, I I know, but he had that whole you know injury thing, whatever you want to call that. So yeah, that set him back a little bit, uh, which I guess is maybe why I'm giving a little bit more leeway as far as his timeline. Yeah, um, you're probably that's why I said you're probably right, but but like I guys like build up these baseball players way too long. I think they're, I I hundred percent agree. I think they're I, ready way before we think they're ready. And guys like guys like Norby and Colton Kowser and I want I I I think I want to see those guys close to the end of this season like i think those guys yeah. are guys that when the roster expands especially should be on the roster yeah. making a playoff push like i think those especially their bats i mean norby and 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 cows are those two guys i think could help you right now yeah you know? i agree uh yeah so last thing on the orioles scott that i wanted to bring up with you i mentioned i went to the iron birds game last night scott jackson holiday is a fucking phenom 
Yeah, well, you left. I know. Well, dude, what is, I understand. It was we we were like two and a half hours in, and it was a six inning. Yeah, I hear you. I understand that. And it was it was cold. It did get a little chilly, McWilly, outside was, last night. It was like forty eight degrees. Yeah, on May 9th. Yeah, no thanks. But Scott, I mean this when I say Jackson Holiday is a fucking. Female. His forearms are the size of my entire upper body. So so Todd came by and said hello to me and my dad. He he told me that when Jackson first showed up, Todd like actually said like, "Oh, that's Matt Holiday." Yeah, like he thought he thought he was his dad. Sheesh. And so we were sitting like kind of close to the to the first base dugout. And when Jackson was in the on deck circle, I looked at him, and his back, dude. Yeah, like, he had like a bodybuilder's back. Like his yeah. fucking shoulders and his lats were like, you look at it, and you're, that's not a nineteen year old. That's a fucking no. grown ass man. Yeah, that's insane. He's nineteen. He's bro, he's the same age as Lucas. He he and Luke graduated Holy high school. Shoot, the same. they graduated high school the same year. Holy smokes! <laughs> but no, he's like he in the face. He looks like he's eleven. Uh huh. But the rest of his body is like that's a thirty year old man. Yeah. And so basically, I I wasn't looking for much out of him yesterday. I know he's only been in high A for like a week or so. Uh huh. Um. So I was basically just like, I wanted to see him move. I wanted to see him work in the infield, right? Like I wanted to see how he approaches at bats, and all of that was really good. Like his first at bat, he hit one through the hole uh, on the right side in between the first and second baseman single, stole second, which was awesome. He can yeah. fly, by the way. Yeah, he can zoom, zoom, zoom. He can fucking run. Uh, his second at bat, I think he got on, uh, broke up a double play, fielder's choice, and then his third at bat, he grounded out to the third baseman. Um. Or excuse me, second. I forget one of those at bats I missed. And then his fifth at bat, I believe was the home run. Yeah. And I, I saw that on Twitter this morning. That was a fucking moonshot. Yeah. That was, like, a that's bomb. just, that's just not something you see 19 year olds do. No, um, but I said this to my dad. And then again, to uh, one of my homies, shout out to my buddy, Manny, we were talking after the game last night. One thing that I took away from Jackson is like, he just looks so comfortable. Yeah. He looks so bored. He, yeah, he does look bored. Like, you look at him. He looks he, like me when I would create a 99 everything with the sliders all the way up playing the show. Just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and that, that was so apparent last night. Like I was looking at some of these guys like Judd Fabian, right? Florida guy, Cal, uh, um, Dylan Beavers, Cal guy. Like some of these guys were international signings. Some of these guys were like power five D one guys. And Jackson is hanging with all of them. Mm-hmm. And like, not only hanging with them, like he's, he's, he's better than all of them. Yeah. And like just watching him go through his pregame routine, watching him take ground balls, watching him work in the infield and and in his approach and at bats. Like, I mean, he's seeing he's seeing 91, 92 last night and mm-hmm. he was right on everything. Like there wasn't one time he got fooled by off speed or fastball blown by him. Everything he was right on. Yeah. Which I like, honestly, I, I was I was shocked. My dad was sitting there like speechless and my dad's seen a lot of baseball. Mm-hmm. So for him to kind of have the attitude, but he, the biggest thing, Scoot, he just looks so comfortable where he is. Like nothing is too big for yeah. him, which I I cannot wait to see this kid progress. I'm going to go to a bunch of Ironbirds games this summer as long as he's there just to watch him. I cannot wait until he's with this major league team because mm-hmm. I think I think he could potentially be that missing piece. You drop him in with Adley, with Gunner, with Grayson, with hopefully DL, yeah. some of these other guys. And I, you're talking about a really serious lineup. Yeah, agreed. So yeah, shout out to Jackson he's a, Holiday. He's exciting. He's he is he's a very be he is a very exciting prospect. I'll say that much. Yeah. 
Uh, just a bit of a look ahead for the Orioles next coming uh, coming series we have. Uh, so we have three at home against Pittsburgh, and then we have four at home against the Angels. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll be going to one of those games. I think, I think actually George and I are going with some guys from work uh, the night that Otani is scheduled to pitch, which will be awesome. Mm, nice. Um, and then we have three in Toronto and three at uh, the Yankees. So those are the those are the next coming games for us. Yeah, nice. Realistically, um, I I know Pittsburgh has been pretty, or at least they started pretty good. I don't know what yeah, they've been doing lately. Yeah. So should take two out of three there. You should really take three from the Angels. I think anything anything less than a split is a disappointing series against the Angels. Mm-hmm. Re- like I said, realistically, you should take three. And then if you can find a way to win three out of the six between the Blue Jays and the Yankees, I feel like that's a successful road trip. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. You got to win one of those two series. Absolutely have to win one of them. But like I said, if you could, if you could take, both. Right. If you could take three out of six games, I think that's good. Yeah, I would agree. They got to just play 500 ball this next 20 some games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I like, because I, then the that'll four, put them at 11 games over in June. That's just a great position to be in. Great position to be in. And then, and then you're talking about buyers at the deadline. So, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. Things got to get real haywire in July for you to not do that. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the four game series against the Angels with them kind of being what they are this year and seemingly every year. Mm-hmm. I think that's coming at a good time because, you know, you see the Braves, you see the Rays, you see Pittsburgh, who's off to a really good start. Having that Braves series, or excuse me, that Angel series, if you can if you can catch three out of those four games, yeah, I think, I think, they're think you're in a really good spot. Because Shohei's just a monster and he's got to tear up Camden. It's just going to be sick. Yeah, it's going to um, be awesome. It's going to be awesome to watch. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for these next – just watching good baseball is just great. Great. Good, good baseball is honestly, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. It's good great. baseball is just so great. It is. Um, all right, Scott. That was about it on the Orioles. Spent a, <laughs> spent a good amount of time talking about the Orioles. Um, honestly, I could I could continue to talk for the Orioles on hours on Me hours too. on end. Me I too. just I love this team. Um, I think it was I think it was Spencer uh Spencer Schultz, Ravens for Dummies on Twitter. I was listening to the Exit 52 podcast earlier. And he said uh, this is probably the most fun he's had watching an Orioles team. And I completely agree. This team has been so much fun to watch. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's a lot of fun. I was talking to a guy in my neighborhood who was wearing an O's hat. He was like an older gentleman. And I like mentioned something about the hat. And he was like, this team is just so much fun. It's like so refreshing. I'm like, yes. Refreshing is a great word to use. Yes, old man. Correct. <laughs> Are you going to be in the section on Friday that's going to have uh, the sprinklers? Four sections to the right. Oh, that sucks. I know. I know. Like. It's going to be mayhem out there, though, out in left field. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm going to be out in left field. That place is going to be a zoo. I'm obviously not going Friday night, but at some point I do want to go and sit in that section so that way when I leave, I could say I got wet at Camden Yards. There you go. By how? Well, you know how. The spring. Sure. Oh, where? In the outfield. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> all right, Scoot, that's about all I had on the Orioles. you have anything else? No, nah, man, that's it. All right. Uh, let's wrap up some stuff uh, in the Ravens week in review. Um, so, obviously, like we said at the top of the program, last week was the Lamar Jackson signed his extension episode. Talked a bunch about that. I think it was on either the day we recorded or the day that our pod came out last week that Lamar had his press conference uh, mm-hmm. at the Castle. Um, Scott, I believe you watched – the press conference? I did. I made Kristen drive. We were out doing errands. I made a drive when it came on. 
I did not watch the press conference. I think I was actually in a meeting while mm-hmm. that was going on. Um, but I, after my meeting ended, I was going through all the clips and stuff on Twitter and I saw a lot of really great stuff and heard him say a lot of stuff that made me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but Scott, I'll defer to you first. What was, what were some of the things, your biggest takeaways as far as what he was talking about in that press conference? The biggest thing I had, man, is it looked like Lamar was just Lamar again. Like he like was giving goofy answers. He invited the whole media team out to John's house. That was hilarious. Hysterical. Um, he answered the questions well, I thought. I thought he was professional. He just looked relieved. Um, I mean, I think that everyone is, like I said, like it just that was such an exhausting process. Um, yeah, dude. I'm just he looked he looked thrilled, which is awesome to see. As just a human, I love seeing people like dreams come true and stuff like that. That's just where he came from, what he came from. That's just that's awesome. Yeah, that was that was definitely something that stood out to me too. Like and I mean, you were you were banging that drum early on in the season last year. He in the media, he was not interacting the way uh-uh. that he had in years prior. And that on Thursday last week, you saw that like you saw Lamar yep. old, you know, like you said, he invited all the fucking media members to John's house for their for their team, whatever. So that was really funny. Um, another thing for me that uh, I took away one of the clo- uh, one of the clips quotes that I saw afterwards that kind of jumped out at me. Um, the fact that. Munkin gave him the playbook and he said, like, I like what I see. Dude, you've heard you've heard a couple effect. guys say that now is awesome. Munkin, I'm I'm very excited. Very excited. I said that Which, too when we were playing golf, dude. Like, I'm mm-hmm. just so ready for like I'm not ready for football season because I really want to enjoy the summer and like sure. watch the O's and all the different stuff, but like I'm very excited for this football team. Very I'm eager, eagerly waiting for for what yeah. I'm about to see this. this yeah, fall. I'm very excited. And for you to be excited about Todd Munkin, that says a lot because you were not in on the hiring when that first happened. Yeah, I was I was a little against it. A little, <laughs> little bit? A little bit. <laughs> um, another thing that stood out to me, and not that this took me by surprise because I think everybody should have expected it, but Lamar said that other teams did reach out to him. Yeah, that was all bullshit. I didn't buy that for a second. You don't think anybody did? Oh, sorry. Yes. I I, I Oh, oh, okay. Yes. So you you so you're saying you didn't buy teams not being in on them. Got it. Yeah, I I don't I, think I did. Well, either. I think I think teams weren't in on him not because of Lamar. I think teams knew that the Ravens were ready to go. Yeah, that's so why do their work for him, which makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if if we were to take guesses, who do you who do you think was the team or teams that reached out? I definitely think Detroit did. I definitely think there's one team in my mind that I think was the one. Who? Indianapolis. Oh yeah, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about them because of the draft. Yeah, yeah. Like in my, in my opinion, like I, maybe Detroit did, I don't know. Personally, I don't think, I don't think Detroit even had Lamar on their radar, but who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. For, to me, like Carolina, they were never going to because they, they got the yes. number one pick. Right. So mm-hmm. immediately take him off the board. Um, Houston, I think maybe could have given him a call, but I, you know, where Carolina is going, you know, that you're going to have two of the three top quarterbacks available at two. So I never even thought Houston would have entertained the idea of Lamar. Um, plus, I mean, they they had Deshaun and they got rid of him. So, like, I just didn't think that that was the direction that they were going to go. Indianapolis was the one that stood out to me because sitting at four before the draft, like, that was just such an interesting position yeah. to be in with the quarterback situation. And it sounds like, knowing what we know now, it sounds like they were all in on Anthony Richardson before the draft. So, yeah, maybe they were saying like, hey, if we don't get if we don't get AR fifteen at four, then you know, we don't want Levis. We're going to have to go Lamar. Yeah. So I, to me personally, I think, I think Indianapolis was 
that team. And and plus, like they were one of the teams that didn't come out and say we're not in the Lamar Jackson game. Exactly. Yep. Um, Atlanta is another one that I think probably sh- if they weren't in, they should have been in. Um, I think they were. I do too. Just because being at eight, you know, you're not going to get one of the top tier quarterbacks in the draft. Right. Your defense is okay. You have a really good run game. Drake London, Kyle Pitts. You have weapons there. <laughs> Dropping a quarterback like Lamar into that offense just would make so much sense. Yeah. So to me, the, the the two teams at the top of the list would have been Indianapolis and, and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I'm also like, I'm also the, the thought of Washington intrigues me. That was so scary to me. Me too. Me too. Especially with this whole sale going through, it would have made so much sense for a new owner to step in and be like, first order of yeah. business, give me a franchise quarterback. Um, but thankfully we don't have to worry about that. Uh, some other stuff that I noticed from the uh, the press conference, he he came out and said he wanted to be a Raven. Yeah, um, I think that's kind of. Yeah, I think that was kind of pumping us up a little bit. I know I know for a fact, like the relationship was not always hunky dory, like. And that's evident now, you know, like with the way that it was dragged out and how it was dragged out. It's obvious that L- Lamar wasn't always like, oh, no, we'll yeah. get it done. We'll get it done. Like there was definitely some. I don't want to say content because that sounds pretty serious, but there was definitely some hard feelings and and personal. Yes. People's feelings, people's feelings got hurt on both sides here. Um, But at the end of the day, I do really think that above all else, Lamar wanted to be in Baltimore. And I think he knows that being in Baltimore was best for him in his career. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, Lamar wanted to be a Raven. Other teams contacted him. Uh, Another thing, Scott, uh, shout out to Michael Lombardi uh, being a clown again. Lamar specified that he asked if it was possible to get both DeAndre and Odell. Correct. Correct. And I said this to you. I didn't think Lamar was going to be that guy where he's like, we're not talking until you go out and you get me both of these guys. Like, I just didn't see Lamar doing that. Yeah. Now, like I said to you, I don't think he's outside of his rights for doing something like that Mm -hmm. based off of what he's had to deal with. I just never saw Lamar being the guy to demand, okay, you go get Odell. Yeah. You go, I you go give up that, yeah. assets for DeAndre Hopkins, and then we can come back to the table. Yeah. You know? I hear you. And I don't want to put it all on Michael Lombardi. He might have had a bad source or get was given bad information or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he was also the guy that fucking Jason Kelsey called out during the Super Bowl parade for the Eagles. So, and Michael Lombardi is also a Philly guy. So anytime I can call like on him, I will. No, that's incorrect. Oh, sorry. You're a London guy now. Yeah, I. That's not true. You knew it was fishing, fishing sticks, fishing chips. chips. Yeah, I think everybody knows that. No, it's fishing chicks. <laughs> fishing chips. Right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, Michael Lombardi, uh, his quote was wrong. Uh, the whole thing with Munkin's playbook we mentioned, um, and the other thing, Scott, that. Uh, not really that it stood out to me because of its importance. I just thought it was kind of funny. Uh, Lamar was invested in the team even after he got hurt. Like he actually cared and he I talked thought about there was that. no way. Yeah. Right. Like everybody told us he didn't give a shit and he was, mm. he, he was just, he was just about his money. He didn't care about the team. Wow. How that works. Isn't it Dante? It's crazy. Um, but yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he was watching the, uh, the Bengals game at home and he got up to go to the bathroom. Lamar, he's just pooping. You know how he'd be. Yeah. Got up to go to the bathroom and he came back and he said he almost broke his TV. <laughs> he was like that that, uh, that Cowboys fan almost. <laughs> hey, Lamar, I almost broke my TV too. Same. But not really because I was kind of happy they lost. Yeah, me too. 
It just it needed to, needed to end. Yeah, it did. Uh, so that was really all I had on the Lamar press conference, Scott. Was there anything else that, you know, regarding Lamar's presser that you no, I will or... I will have an apology for Miss DeCostas and Mr. DeCostas in the coming weeks. DeCosta. <laughs> when you do your apology, let's make sure we get that right. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, hey, not entirely your fault. It's a it's a rough evening for you. Yeah. No, not not rough. Um, <laughs> allergies getting men, you know. Yeah, yeah. Gotta stay up on that Claritin. Yeah, you're um, well, edu- well uh, medicated. Yeah, lots of vitamins. <laughs> um, no, but I will have I will have an apology. I'm, I'm school's done. I got done my first semester, so now it's like let me write a paper and let me let me write a formal apology. Good. We're all waiting with bated breath. And I really think our entire follow group should post it, send it to our DMs, tweet it, like make it a huge moment. Yeah, we have. I'll to. get in a suit. I'll stand in front of my Ravens flag I got during the Steeler game. You got You got You got to get a. You got to get a podium. Put the microphone on top of it, and we may have to do this at go to work. At, so I, I may have to get like a cardboard box and make it look like it's a podium. Sure. I gotta apologize. Look, if you need a production assistant, we can get the intern on it right away. Yep, I'm all in. Let's make. Let's make a date. Let's circle a weekend. And let's get this thing done. Yeah, this is gonna be a whole kitten caboodle. All right. Yeah. I it, look. It has to be done. No, it will be. It will be. No, I, I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying it's you know it's just something that that we have to do. It's a, it's yeah. a team effort. Yeah. Uh, another thing, Ravens related, non Lamar related, that I think, you know, not not that it's a huge deal, but the whole the whole Patrick Queen thing has been up in flux this week. Uh, I honestly I don't know what to make of the situation. Yeah, me neither. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine at the gym, uh, and he brought up a good point. the The whole Trenton Simpson thing. I think the fact that he was available at eighty six was not something that the Ravens foresaw. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of like a another. Uh, did Gunner just get a hit? I think he did. No, he walked. Oh, he walked. Okay, I just saw. Great him at bat though. Fouled off a couple pitches. Great at bat. Nice. nice. I just saw him on first base and didn't know yeah. how he got there. Um. But yeah, I don't think they anticipated Trenton Simpson being available at 86. Um, and also, they were jumped by, I believe, the Broncos for um, what's his name, Riley Moss. I think his name is okay. cornerback at Iowa. I think he was probably a guy that the Ravens had high on their board and were hoping that he was going to be there at 86. Right. Um. So I think the fact that Riley Moss was not there, some of the other guys that probably went earlier on in the third mm-hmm. round and second round since they didn't have a second round pick, some of the guys that they probably had circled on their board went before they could have a pick. Mm-hmm. And so they said, look, Trenton Simpson, he's a guy that would thrive in a positionless, kind of like a Mike McDonald defense. Yeah. He's a freak athlete. He can play everywhere. Like he lined up at safety. He lined up at slot. He lined up at edge. He lined up at linebacker. Like he can play everywhere on defense. Right. So that was probably like a, Hey, we'll get this dude. He's a freak talent. We'll put him somewhere. He'll help our defense. So why not? Best mm-hmm. player available type draft. Um, so, and kind of like I said to you last week regarding the whole fifth, fifth year option thing, like I don't think that completely rules out Patrick Queen's future with the Ravens. I think there's definitely a reality where you sign Patrick Queen to an extension while having Roquan and Trenton Simpson both on that in that in that linebacker room. Um but then yesterday, Eric DaCosta comes out on, on Tuesday. Eric DaCosta comes out and he's talking, you know, we, we still think very highly of Patrick Queen. We want to sign him to an extension. We're going to continue to work with him to try and get him signed to an extension. That, I don't know why, but that to me just gave me the feeling that, like, he's not going to be here after this year. 
No, he can't. That to me was him kind of like propping him up in case anybody yeah. wanted to trade it, trade for him. You know, yeah. like hey, hey, here's a here's a here's a pretty good talent. He's he's good. We think highly of him. Give us a third round pick. You know, like yeah. that's kind of what those quotes said to me. It sounds like you're in agreement. Um, yeah. But I still stand by what I said to you last week, Scott. I don't I don't know that trading him at least at this point before the season. I don't know that that makes a ton of sense for the Ravens. Yeah, at this point, maybe not. But who knows? Maybe maybe somebody comes knocking week six and they're like, hey, we really need an inside linebacker. We'll give you a second round or a third round pick for mm-hmm. him. And, and, you know, that's that. Regardless, I I want the best for Patrick Queen. I still think he's very good. I'm a big fan of him. Um, and like, like I said, I would love to see him here. And I think the fifth year option was more of a financial thing than anything. I don't know what his number would have been, but I imagine yeah. it was somewhere in the in the 10 to 15 million dollar range. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe he balls out and he goes out and gets a $15 million a year contract and you get a comp pick for him. Or maybe he has a good, not great year and you sign him to an extension worth nine or 10 million a year. You know, right. I think everything is on the table for Patrick Queen right now. And I'm just, I'll be interested to see how it plays out. But the thing that I, I was just thinking about regarding Eric DeCasas quotes from yesterday was I, him saying he wants him here long-term to me, doesn't mean he's going to be here long-term. No, definitely not. So what a world we live in. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, last thing regarding the Ravens, Scott. Um, this was, I forget who I was talking to. Somebody at the gym, I don't know. Brought up a good question and and kind of goes back into the same breath as the Aaron Rodgers stuff that we were talking about last week. Is the pressure on Lamar this year? Yeah. I think I think naturally it just has to be, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fair. I agree. I think it's absolutely fair. I mean, now he's got Odell, right? He's got Bateman, who's hopefully healthy. Uh, you have Zay Flowers now added to that room. You still have Mark Andrews. Ronnie Stanley. coordinator. A real offensive coordinator, exactly. Ronnie Stanley's healthy. JK and a contract, so you're not thinking about that anymore. JK and Gus are both healthy, and you ha- you're you paid, right? Your off-field you're off stuff is handled, figure out, sorted. Don't have to worry about it for, for at least four or five years. Yep. So I – and again, back to like what I said about Aaron Rodgers last week. I don't think it's fair to say it's Super Bowl or bust for this team. I just don't. Obviously, as Ravens fans and and people who expect good things from a good team, you want to see them make a deep playoff run into February. Yeah. Yeah. But like we said last week, even for the best teams, there's so many things that you have to have and bounces that you need to, to go your way that mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't personally think it's fair to say yeah it's a Super Bowl or bust year. However, I will yeah. say the Ravens need to win at least one if not more playoff games this year. They have to win at least one, at least. Like if they if they win one, great. I think you've met expectations. I think if you meet two, I then think, we're talking dude, about Dude, I like, could maybe even say they need to win two. I dude, I don't think that's a, a outlandish thing to say. I I think if, if there are a lot of people out there who rightfully so think that the Ravens need to make it to an AFC Championship, and I don't know that I necessarily agree, but I'm not going to tell those people that they're wrong. Like, I think that's yeah. a very legitimate thought that Ravens fans have. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I think I think that that's incredibly fair. Yeah. Yeah. Just because, you know. We talk about Greg Roman a lot and, and as for as shitty of a job as he's done over the last couple of years, he's not he, but this team with him on it, maybe in spite of him, has gotten yeah. to a divisional round, has gotten to, you know, winning a playoff in the wild card round on the road like. You, you yeah. need to see this team take a step, and I don't know that winning in the wild card round is necessarily taking that step. Ideally, in a perfect world, the Ravens get the number one seed. We have home playoffs, uh, home advantage through the playoffs. 
you win one game and you're in the AFC championship, obviously with only one team getting the buy, that's less attainable. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of realisticness to say that the Ravens need to make it to an AFC championship. I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By this time next week, we'll have the schedule release. Oh shit. That's right. Good Tomorrow, call. actually. Yeah. Which that's another thing. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I completely forgot the Ravens are playing in London week six and I hate it. I hate it so much. I love the London games when my team's not involved. Yeah. I can't, I can't stand it. Now we're playing the Titans and I don't think the Titans are going to be any good at all this year. So I guess that's good for us. Um, but yeah, I fucking hate playing in London. I hate it. So much. So much. Yeah. Uh, all right, Scott, that's about all I had regarding the Ravens and football in general. I don't really think there was a ton else to talk about in the that NFL. Kind of year, brother. It's dog days, man. The, big, the biggest thing is the schedule. Everybody's pumping their schedule releases. That'll, uh, yeah, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Fair. Uh, coming out, as if you're listening to this on Thursday, coming out at 8 o'clock tonight. Um, it's exciting. It, I guess so, sure. I, it's, it's, become, it's become like the team uh, social media Super Bowl, basically. Yeah. Which, yeah, cool. Good for you guys. Yeah. You have anything else regarding the Ravens? No, brother. Can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm I'm very excited. I can wait just because, like you said, I want to enjoy yep. the, 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 the birds and enjoy yeah, the summer. Yeah, stop saying I can't wait. I should just start saying I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm very excited as well. Well said. Uh, Scott, before we go ahead and get out of here, give the people what they came for. Give us an update on the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, God damn. <laughs> Brother. So I've been a Leafs guy this entire season so far. There's just about nothing I want more than to see them get to the second round and not win a game. It's just It would just be hysterical. At that point, did you even get to the second round? No. No, actually, I think it's worse. I think it's worse. Oh, it's 100% worse. It's worse. Uh, they've gotten completely throttled by the Panthers. I'm hating how this eight, this East is shaping out. We're either getting Carolina or Florida to the Stanley Cup, and I hate that. What about the Devils? They're down 3-1. They're down 3-1? Yeah, they got their they got their rear ends kicked last night. Damn, I was watching a little bit on Sunday. It was like 7-3 to three or something. I thought for I sure after Sunday's game that was going to go at least 7, but – um, it looks like we're shaping up for a, I mean, Edmonton still has a good chance to get in there. It's going to be either, what's also crazy is we're either going to have Vegas, Seattle, or Edmonton in the Stanley Cup, which is exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. No, uh, no love for Dallas. No, they stink. They suck. Really? I think they just beat the, uh, the Kraken pretty good, but nah. yeah. La- I, uh, was that last night, Tuesday night? Yeah. yeah, yeah last yeah. night, two nights ago. I think, I think that it's the, the Western Conference finals will be Edmonton and Seattle, which is nuts. And then I think it'll be. Uh, That's going to be a great series. I think it's going to be Carolina, Florida, which is. Is Florida really that good? I mean, no, but they're they're playing that type of hockey now where they've just. I mean, they've won like five straight, or no, they've won now six straight in the playoffs. Like wow, they're just on a they're on a buzzsaw. It might be in their best interest to not sweep the Leafs because they might want to keep that train moving a little bit and not have such a long rest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a Carolina Edmonton Stanley Cup, and I think that shapes out easier for Edmonton because they just snap that puck around. And Brendan Moore thinks he has a disciplined team, but he's not. Um, but if Edmonton, the Canes get to the Stanley Cup Finals, I'll be so pissed. Who? The Canes. Yeah, I, I mean, out of the two, I would rather have Florida, but but Carolina is also good. So, like, I mean, if they if they get there, just, and like Raleigh's a great hockey town, like it, that place is that place will be loud and ruckus and. 
explosive. I, I just, for whatever reason, I hate them. No, I do too. I can't stand the 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 canes. But at this point, like, I'm hoping for the most exciting environments, and I think it would either be Seattle, Edmonton, and Carolina. Regardless, I I at the end of the day, I want to see McDavid win a win a ring. I want to see Me him. Me too. I'm, I'm if Toronto can't get there, and God willing, they won't. Um, I'm I'm all in on Edmonton. I can't believe even still you are still on the Leafs. Yeah. Honestly, it's, a, it's admirable. It's Thank admirable. you. No, I, I thought they would. I thought the Florida matchup was great for them, and they've just gotten. gotten so, hey, I just I just looked up the odds. Carolina is currently the favorite to lift the cup at plus 240. Pretty uh, pretty big step next is the Golden Knights at plus 450. What are the, what's Edmonton at? Florida Panthers are right behind Vegas at 460. Edmonton is plus 500. I love that. Me too. I love that a lot, actually. Yeah. And then one last thing for, for hockey, as much as I love the sport, um, that lottery situation is a joke. The fact I was that, actually, I was just about to ask you that. The fact that Chicago has a draft pick after the Kyle beach situation is, is a absolute joke. And um, what, uh, what, what, what's that Kyle beach situation for, it, for our non-hockey it sucks. people? It sucks, dude. It back during their cup runs, their first one or second one, um, this player, he was like a rookie, kind of this like a wild card type or black ace, I think is what they call him technically. And the video guy was like closing the door on him and putting his pecker in his face and like is a piece of Jeez. shit. Like got sexually assaulted, harassed, all oh, these different awful. things. Brought it up to the team, Patrick Kane and company. And they were like, yeah, dude, shut your mouth. We're in the middle of a cup round. Like we don't have time for distractions. Very much a legitimate story. The Blackhawks were aware of it. Oh, that's terrible. Black, And then they just found out, the NHL just found out about it. And they're going to give them right. the uh, first overall pick, which is great. Is, be, is the, it would be is the lottery like, rigged? Yes, 1 million percent. It was the NHL not wanting, because the NHL hates Zegras because he's a hothead. And then the NHL also doesn't want their next biggest prospect playing in Columbus, Ohio. So they thought, let's go that's, to the third. That's fair. That let's go fair. to the maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, I get that one. Um, <laughs> but I just, I, I hate that they have the first overall pick. I, I hate it. Yeah, Pisses that sucks. Me pisses me off and Which, i just hate it and it's also coincidence that the the next season after they lost patrick kane and jonathan taze they get, they get the, the next superstar okay. right real real coincidence and can you explain to me i saw there was a headline going around twitter can you explain to me how the capitals had a chance for the number one pick up until like the third yeah so they do some like sort that? of lottery of the first or 12 through something and the caps made it through that so then they do the next drawing they do is pick number one and gotcha. so the caps were in there with like like a bunch of different it was a they had a high chance. Damn, that sucks. Yeah, I was hoping for maybe a little bit higher than eight. I really wasn't thinking they were gonna get one. I was hoping maybe get in that top five because they got the, the draft's great this year, and I was hoping that maybe they could sneak into that five, but it doesn't look like so at, at eight, can they get like a solid piece? Or yeah. is that yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll definitely the last time they had they had picked in like the top ten. I think is when they drafted, I want to say in 2008, I want to say that was either John Carlson or it has to be John Carlson. So, I mean, like, yeah, you can get something. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I And Connor Bernard, he's like that. Yeah. Connor Bernard's going to be that guy. I think. Where's he um, coming from? He's coming from the, the OHL. So the Ontario hockey league. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, he's going to be sick. He's going to be disgusting. Um, he has all the skills to just the, – the game's changed. People are concerned about his size. But, like, 
and the way hockey's played now, it's not as many, it's not as solid and physical as it once bit was. You have to be fast, quick, and he's exactly that. And he has a six shot, and he's going to be disgusting. Is he is he kind of like the same style of player as uh, McDavid? Yeah, very similar. Run and gun, just get the puck, point to point, we'll score. He's Damn, that's that sucks. He's going to Chicago then. It does. It is awful. Like I, I couldn't be, I could not be more unhappy. Yeah, I saw I can a guy today wearing voice. like a caps jacket, and I was like, "Hey man, good caps." And he was like, "You watch hockey?" I was like, "Yeah, man, I love hockey." And he goes, "How fucked up is that lottery?" I was like, "Yeah, dude, it's so fun. It's so messed up." I said to him, "I was like, I actually would just wish they would be like, hey, we don't draw a hat. We pick who we want him to go to, essentially, because I could be like, all right, you're telling the truth." That I. Is is this draft you like? Is Connor Bedard? Is he like a, a top prospect that's unique? Like I feel like every year there's always a guy who's undisputed going to go number one. But for whatever reason, I feel like Connor Bedard is like talked about above it, that. It had been that way for a couple of years. I mean, you had McDavid, you had uh, Matthews, you had um, Marner, you had guys that were coming up for the first couple or not first couple recently. Then it's kind of stalled the last like three or four years. Uh, but Bedard's been one of those guys that like we've been paying attention to Bedard since he was like twelve. So, so like, he's like, so he's like the Trevor Lawrence of hockey. Yeah, like Crosby-ish. Very okay. Crosby. Oh, yes. Crosby. Crosby was looked at when he was like eight. God damn. Yeah, Crosby is Crosby was crazy. If you look up on YouTube, Sidney Crosby kid video like with his uh, dryer. There's like the news came out to his house when he was like. I feel like I saw that at some point. Yeah, and he yeah. was like, that's how he would practice his aiming. That's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Now kids today that are that good have like a full-blown gym in their basement. All right. Well, I think that can put a bow on our hockey talk. Scott, thank you for that. Everybody, I know everybody, I do at least. I'm sure the rest of our listeners as well wait eagerly for your weekly cup updates. I appreciate the sarcasm. Thanks. I'm not being sarcastic. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm I'm definitely going (laughs) to – you look like you are in hell. I'm definitely going to put a look. I'm going to put a little bit on the Oilers. I, I think I'm definitely going to throw a little something, something on the Oilers. Plus 500 is tasty odds. Now watch. We're going to go mush them. And they're going to lose out the rest yeah, of the way. They're going to lose out. Exactly. Uh, all right, Scott, as we do every week, last order of business. Shout out to the week. And then we'll get out of here. Got two, brother. Number one, Mr. James Gunn. Huh. My God, dude. Oh, my I, God. Guardians of the Galaxy, volume three. If you haven't gone seen it. Go see it. It was. I will say, if you haven't seen the first two Guardian films, I would highly recommend you watch the first two Guardian films first because sure. it is, it is such a payoff. It was remarkable. I was crying over a walrus with wheels, a bunny rabbit with its mouth covered, and a talking. What was that? What What was Lila? I think a meerkat. No, I don't think it was a meerkat. No, badger. I think a sea otter. Was it? Was it a? Sea it was an otter. It was an otter. Okay. And then I was I was crying over a talking raccoon, and it was just remarkable. I've listened to Dog Days Are Over more times this week than I probably should have, <laughs> and that show was or that movie was phenomenal. Hats it was, off! It was incredible. And well I'm done. so excited for him to be taking over DC after watching that movie. Agreed. Him directing a Superman movie, mwah, makes Superman like feel like feel him. He's the most unfeelable character, dude. I'm so excited. Um, and then second is, this is egotistical, but me, I finished my college semester and I'm all done and head into college courses, but I survived. I didn't, qu- I quit school, which is great. And yeah, I'm pumped. I had good grades. It was good. Good. Good for you. I'm proud of you. Thanks. You're welcome. Good shout outs. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, so my shout out, I only have one this week, uh, but it's kind of all encompassing. Um, so shout out to 
our guys. Shout out to Hunter Hall. Shout out to our guy Trainer. Uh, shout out to Jack Struvy. Shout out to Colin Flynn. And shout out to everybody that I've seen out this week, uh, this past week rather, or that has reached out to either one of Scott or myself and just shown love uh, on the program. Uh, I ran into ran into our guy Trainer at, at Looney's last weekend. Uh, ran into my buddy Colin at the gym who came up to me and was like, hey, you know, Jack Struvy, Jack Struvy put me onto your podcast. Like, didn't know you did it. I checked it out. It's awesome. Um, and, and everybody else, Hunter Hall is constantly showing us love every week. He texts me all the time. Jack Sheehan's another one who's constantly showing us love. Our, uh, I don't want to speak for Scott, but at least from, from me, all the love and support, I cannot express my gratitude enough. This is just something that Scott and I do for fun. We enjoy doing it. We do it because we love it. Um, and everybody that tells us that they enjoy it or that they tap in every week makes it feel worth it times a million for, for me. So shout out to everybody who, who shows love. I really, really, really do appreciate it. And I hope we continue to, to be a source of entertainment and make you guys laugh. And, you know, I know we're just, we're out here telling shit and dick jokes and talking about sports, but yeah. well said. What, what we love to do. It is. Well, well said, dude. Good shout out. Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. We'll put a bow on episode 53. Thank you as always for tuning in. Uh, be sure to check out on our socials. We're going to continue to to put out clips and stuff from each episode. And as Scott's, uh, I think that was last week we talked about it. If not the week before, we're going to be doing more golf stuff, more personal content that goes outside of like the actual episodes that we put in each week. We're going to be putting those out on the socials as well. So make sure you guys are following us because it's going to be one hell of a summer. Oh, dude, I can't wait for this summer. It's gonna be a great summer. I can't Very much. Wait to be the most ornery boy in Forest Hill. <laughs> Well said. I'm looking forward to that as well. I think we should do off the top. This is the last thing. I think we should do a video vlog of Outer Banks. Well, I probably won't be there. You'll be there for a couple days. I probably won't be there. That was me trying to entice you. God damn. <laughs> hey, look, it remains to be seen. But just as of now, I'm, I'm tentatively not going to be there. But I don't. I, I Look, I love the idea. Thanks. And if, if I am by some work of god if i am there we do a we do a live podcast from the beach with the boys yeah sounds great sounds like a great time if you ask me yeah if only we could make it happen watching the orioles playoff game out on the beach if only we could make it happen i mean we we, we could make it happen you you could make it happen everyone else is there it's you we'll see why are they throwing austin awesome i don't understand Send him down, bring me DL immediately. That's what I mean. This is what I mean. I understand that Bautista and Cano are no-goes. I get, I, I get that. Sure. We have better arms in our system. This guy stinks. Give me DL. Hmm. All right, well, folks. On that hand. On that note, we'll get you all out of here. Thank you, as always, like I said, for tuning in. Uh, everybody have a safe end of the week, safe weekend. Um, I'll probably Happy be... Happy Mother's Day. Shout out my mom. Oh, my Shout God. out to the moms. Well said. I'm glad you brought that up. Jesus Shout out to Christ, my mom my as well. Mm-mm-mm. Mama Bradley, dude. Mama Bradley, Mama Frezza, Saints. Mm. Wouldn't be here Saints without them. Saints, well, yeah. Saints of this world. Yeah, stay hydrated, babes. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs>